今日は何曜日土曜日 Today is Saturday, August 22nd, 2015. This is Osu Nyora Chiyoki. This is not the Metal Woman Podcast or the Japanese Metal Show. It's just another bonus on the dog days of podcasting. Today is day 22. It's a shame I've got to live without you anymore. There's a fire in my heart, a pounding in my brain, it's driving me crazy. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Yesterday is just a memory, and we close the door. Made one mistake. I didn't know what to say when you called me.
Stars, so that was Damn Yankees with High Enough, released back in 1990. Damn Yankees was um, a super um, a super band, I guess that's what they called it. Um, back then, um, consisted of Tom and me, Shaw from Styx, right, and then Jack Blades of uh, Night Ranger, Sister Christiana, and uh, Ted Nugent. So, a fantastic, beautiful tune. Running out of time, like last night, um, so I'm doing this, uh, so basically Dog Days of Podcasting is a 31-day challenge for us podcasting nerds where we try to upload a show 31 days straight. So that's what it is. Um, last last night, I will tell last night I was I was super stressed so um had too many brewskis I kind of passed out I got up and it was like 11 30 p.m and it's like Cinderella style right if you do not upload a show by midnight you're gone and that that is what it's that's what it's in my like that is what is embedded in my membrane right so I got up and I go, holy crap, man, I have 30 minutes to upload a show and I need at least 15 minutes to do all the e show notes, um, uh, do all the ID three tags, etc., etc. Um, so, um, I played the tune yesterday, uh, Mike Tramp, and then I talked a little bit and then I had a, um, audio comment, beautiful, beautiful girl, Kyoko song. And I played the tune and that was it. And I was like, that's all I could do because, so after I played Kyoko-san's request, I'm like, there is no time for me to talk. It was uh, 11.46 and I'm just like, okay, screw this. I'm just going to end it here and then I need to upload on a Lipson. That is where my host is. So that was yesterday. But so today, I have a little bit more time. <clears throat> so um, I don't have anything planned. Um, I'm just going to talk about today. But before I do that, <laughs> since I have time, we go, if you are at Starbucks Latte, if you are at a bar, you are not listening to this show right now. Because you are checking out the girl beside you. But the girl beside you is checking out the guy that is sitting beside you. So you are not going to get lucky tonight. Sorry, man. I am under the influence, man. Um, however, if you are... I skipped one. If you are on a train... Let me see which station. No, Hiro-o is the next stop. Don't miss your stop. However, if you are sitting in front of your computer monitor, just like me, or if you have your Android device stuck in your ear, your iPhone, your iPad, or your not-so-sexy Apple Watch, you are at a safe place. So come by Chinchinchayo. Otsukaru-chan. Ippai. Ikimashouka. Metal moment style. 
So again, um, I had nothing, uh, I have nothing today, uh, man. If you are a Metal Moment podcast listener, if you are a, もし Japanese Metal Head show のリスナーのあなた、超よくわけわかってないかもしれないけど、so we're just doing something different、um, for this month. 31 days straight, man. I am just trying to upload something that makes sense, that may interest you.、Um, and if it doesn't,、um, uh, yeah, I just have to say, Domo sumimasen, gomen nasai. I am so sorry.、Uh, but this is a way for me to,、uh, I'm looking at this as a、uh, boot camp, right? Because like, I rarely podcast. The, be- the most I will do is twice a month. Um, but forcing me to podcast every day for 31 days may, is it's a good exercise where, like, you know, I have a deadline. Midnight is deadline. Like last night, I was recording at 11 35, and I'm like, oh man, Cinderella time. And when midnight chimes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose. It's kind of like if you, I am going to lose or if I'm going to win. For me, If I am able to upload a show by midnight, I win. And it's like a 31 day thing. What am I going to gain from this?、Um, hopefully, I am going to、uh, be able to reduce my.、Uh, so, whenever I am talking, I have this whole fear factor.、Um, I don't know how the other podcasters are. They sound very natural. But for me, it's like every single time I am talking to myself, to you, to you that's sitting right beside me, I have this anxiety attack. And I was talking to this、uh, with Michael today, Michael Butler, while we're having lunch. And I was like, dude, after all these years, man, like, it's this anxiety. And, For me, it's not even about turning on the microphone. It's about before I turn on the microphone, I have this anxiety. And some of the times I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I am not going to podcast tonight.、Um, and then he's like, you hear me stumbling over my words, right? You hear me like sniffing. You hear me like, Choking per se. And I'm like, yeah, but you're very natural. It's very different for me. I'm like, it's, the, it's not the anxiety when I am talking right now. It's more about the anxiety, but there's so much anxiety involved in podcasting or talking to, to you that's inside me that I can't even record. So we're talking about that kind of stuff. So that's what we did today. I'm jumping again.、Um, Freaking buzzed.、Um, let me just go through,、uh, through my. Since I have no content today, this is how my day went. And、uh, it was pretty filled. It was pretty fantastic. It was pretty buzzed. A real quick one. All right. So.、Um, I have a, yeah, everybody has a daily routine, right? Everybody has a time that they get up and they probably go to the bathroom. For me,、um, I,、uh, without the alarm, I will get up at、uh, 5 23 a.m. I don't know why. I get up at 
Uh, you could set the alarm. You, you know, I will. I will stop the alarm before it even sets. Basically, it's five twenty-three a.m. I will get up, go to the bathroom, uh, and uh, I will go to the computer. I I have some work that I need to do on a daily basis. Um, it's something I have been doing for the past what almost seventeen, eighteen years, but now instead of having to go in. I have VPN, so I would, through my computer, log into my computer at work through v, uh, VPN and get stuff done. And then um, I would, I would, uh, I'll throw my two dogs out in the back. They would do their thing right before their uh, breakfast, that is. While they're playing around in the back, they'll probably piss, you know, they'll probably eat some leaves. Um, I will wrap up my work. And after wrapping out, uh, out the work, I will start, um, so I started juicing uh, about a year and a half ago. I got this Breville machine from Amazon for like 99 bucks. And uh, I don't know, what, the, the reason why I juice is because the amount of, uh, of uh, I would say, like fruits and vegetables that I want to consume on a daily basis when you look at how much is in the basket, there is no way that I I can eat that every day. So if I juice the sucker, I won't be getting the fibers, but I will be getting it in my bloodstream. So um, that that's the whole concept. So I would throw in about an inch of uh, everything is organic. So ginger. I put like uh, four, I would peel off four, I don't know, what is the perfect uh, terminology? Like four of the celery, right? Okay. And then I put two carrots. And if I could find, or if I have the purple carrots, I will go with the purple carrots. If not the red, if not the yellow, and if not the orange, because orange is like super artificial, is manufactured uh, later on. So the best carrot that you would you want to eat actually is the purple carrots. The amount of bionutrients in the purple carrot compared to the orange carrot that everybody is you you think carrot orange right, but that's all false. But the amount of nutrients is completely different. So um, I try to look for the purple carrots. I uh, will throw two in 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 the juicer. I will put uh, a whole cucumber uh, in there. I will put uh, cabbage, but again, not the green cabbage, but the purple cabbage. And the surprising, it's the weirdest thing in the world is the purple cabbage per pound is cheaper than the green cabbage. However, again, the bionutrients in pound for pound, the purple cabbage has more than the green. So always get the green. I mean, always get the purple. The purple has more. Just think, if you have a choice with any vegetable... Um, go for the darker color. Um, just trust me on this. Okay. And then I would put, um, I, I would, uh, chop up some lemon, a lemon, a whole lemon, uh, Granny Smith's, um, green apple. And the reason why I use the Granny Smith's green apple and not the red apple, there's a lot of, uh, there's tons of varieties of red apples, right? But apples, they contain a lot of sugar, okay? And when you juice, you are 
directly injecting that sugar into your bloodstream. And you don't want your blood sugar level to spike up so quickly. So, the safest way when you are juicing for fruits, get the green apple, okay, the Granny Smith. And then I'll throw in some uh, dino kale. So that's my daily uh, morning juice. And uh, I will make a cup for myself and my designated driver for the day. And I'm like, all right, so I got my dose of uh, vegetables and and vet, and fruits. All right. So after that, I will take my dogs out for a walk for about a mile. They do their thing, yeah. And uh, and uh, I will feed them like raw. So a lot of misconceptions about raw food, right? So my dog, my dogs have uh, since they were born, I guess. Um, since I got them, my, the breeder, my breeder is totally into the raw thing too. So. Not my breeder, but the breeder that I get my miniature schnauzers from the two Aussie and Sky, freaking crazy black ones, uh, miniature schnauzers. Um, I will, uh, what is raw? So raw is like, um, it's uncooked, okay? It's not like you go to the the pet store and you get these uh, dry crap, okay? Because the dry crap, if if you only knew what was in there, you see all this roadkill, okay? Where do you think that ends up? Okay. Just think about it. And that is what ends up in all these dry food that the majority of the population purchases for their pets, dogs, and cats, man. You do not know what they're putting in there. It's basically corn and everything else that they could find. And when you think about it, like, I could only talk for dogs. Well, maybe for cats, too, because lions are like this, too. Um, so dogs, wolves, right? They're, they are the ancestors. What do they do? They hunt. They eat. They catch, well, let's say wolves, they get um, deers, right? And what do they eat first? They eat the liver, they eat the kidneys, they eat the heart, okay? They eat the organs, and then they will eat the muscle. And they'll chew on the bone. That is a natural way, man. And... Even uh, even lions, it's the same way. When they when they when they attack, okay, an animal, they eat the organs first, and then the muscle, and then the rest of the scrap, meaning most of the muscle. All the birds will fly and they'll pick on them. That's how it is, man. So these little uh, dry pebbles that most of the pets are eating right now that are manufactured by humans that consist of roadkill, okay, meaning the stuff that you see on the side of the street. And at times when they um, 
when they euthanize cats and dogs, where do you think that meat is going? Okay. They were not just throwing it away. They're going to these huge manufacturers that produce dog food. So in a way, they are eating their own, depending on if you have a cat or a dog, right? But that is allowed in the United States. So long story short, so my dogs, since they were born, they've been eating raw. So what do you mean by raw? It's like you can't feed them raw food. They have uh, salmonella and all that. It's like, I feed my dogs whole chickens. I will chop them up, but they are going to eat every single part of the chicken. They are going to eat every single part of the rabbit, right? I was like, well, rabbit, beef, right? I feed them beef, lamb. That's cool, but like chicken, you can't feed them raw chicken, but you can, okay? As long as they are raw, cooked chicken, the meat you can, but it'll lose all its uh, nutritional value because it's cooked. But the bone you cannot. So the so the biggest misconception is like like I tell I tell my friends like yeah my dogs eat raw chicken in the bone. They're like you can't do that. It's going to stab them in. It's going to like stab their throat and all that. Go, no no. Huge misconception. Okay. So chicken birds before it is cooked. The way the bone breaks and snaps, it doesn't snap short. It's only when a chicken is cooked, okay, the bone snaps in a way where it may uh, become lethal, where it becomes sharp enough where it stabs them in the throat. But if you are feeding raw, like my dogs eat raw um, chicken back, and they're fine. They're chewing, they're cleaning their teeth. And at the same time, they're able to smoothly uh, digest through their throat because it's not uh, pointy, not sharp. And they're like, what about the ceremonilla if, if it exists? Like, the dog's digestive system is so freaking short that before anything happens, they're shitting it out. They're booping it out. So you do not have to worry. Okay. So... Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, but I'm talking about today. So my dogs eat raw food. Um, again, percentage, uh, it's very important. You get the meat, you get the bone, you get the organs. Uh, I mean, I have it all figured out where they'll get the right percentage. And again, it's like the wild style, right? In the wild, they do not get to choose if they want to eat just meat, if they just want to eat some cooked stuff. It's kind of like you hunt you get and you consume. And it's the perfect percentage-wise, right? You get, I think it was like, uh, don't quote me on this, uh, it's like 60% muscle. Then you get maybe 30% of, or 20% of the organs, 20% of the uh, the uh, bone, or something like that. There, there's a rule like 60, 30, 60 20, 20. Uh, 60, 30, uh, 10, I forgot, but there's this percentage that is perfect for the animal. So, and that being said, um, yeah, my dogs have been doing fine. Um, sky's going to turn 10 on Monday. 
So come by Chin Chin Jail to do that. <laughs> Alright, so bed them, walk them. I jump in the shower and today um uh yeah. My date with uh Michael Butler, Michael Butler, rock and roll geek. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Longest running music show in the freaking world, um, in this space. Uh, he like he would recognize that, but I, like I was, I was talking to him today while we were eating at Uraka. Uraka is a restaurant that I go to every week. I go there because um, let me see, it's it's like a Japanese Chinese style. Uh, you will not find a place like this um, in the Bay Area. It's totally family owned. Like the dad cooks, the mother assists. His beautiful, beautiful daughters uh, basically are the waitresses. And I go there because um, I don't have any family over here. And uh, when you get to my age, you miss that. You miss going to a table and eating. And you're not necessarily having a conversation with anybody. But you hear all this background noise. And all this background noise, like, this place is like, there's a lot of Japanese clients. It's all Japanese, right? Like, and to me, it's like, I feel like I am at home. And when I'm eating, his, uh, or the family's handmade uh, gyoza, which I know, um, like, all the daughters are making the gyoza the night before. It's prepared. It's just, it's, it's something special. You know, it's like home-cooked meal. Okay. And even though I am in San Francisco, um, in I am able to uh, on the Saturdays that I stepped in that restaurant, I am uh, I am uh, surrounded by the Japanese people that go there, so they're talking Japanese. So I have this whole nice ambient. Japanese uh, conversations going on. I have this beautiful, beautiful uh, Yuraku's uh, Japanese family preparing the food, serving the food. And uh, it makes me happy. So that that's what this Yuraku restaurant is. So today um, I met up with, uh, I am repeating myself, but uh, with Michael Butler, uh, a dear, dear friend, a beautiful friend. And, uh, he loves to eat. He loves to cook. And I'll, he knows a lot more about cooking than I do. I try to cook. And I read. I try to read a lot about food itself. And when you learn about food, for instance, how do you choose? How do you store the anything when you get home? How do you prepare it so it is most nutrition- the, uh, so how do you pull the most nutritional value from the product, the meat, the vegetable that you have? And how do you make it so you can enjoy? I mean, making it enjoy is the easy part because when you follow all the steps where this came from, how it's stored, how it is prepared so it, you get the optimum nutritional value, Each bite, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're eating at this point. Each bite is 
friggin' Yule, um, I hate to use this term, but freaking ecstasy, right? It's not the ecstasy to your tongue, your palate per se. It is, but it's this whole feeling that you get saying that I really appreciate what I am eating right now. So if it's a vegetable, you're like, I, re- I am really enjoying this carrot. If it's a meat, since you know where and how it got here onto your blade, you appreciate life as a whole. So by this knowledge about food, by knowing where it came from, how it got there, how it was prepared, and how it ended up on your plate, yeah, I mean... It's, it's giving total respect to the, to life, basically. And it will give you like an, it's, it's this uh, weird enjoyment that like, I think, um, if ever, like that you will, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know the last time you sat down and you were eating, let's, uh, let's say a piece of, um, let's say chicken, right? Let's say or, I don't know, a pig's foot, okay? I don't know if you eat that stuff, but when you are eating it, I don't know the last time you actually looked at what was served, okay? You have your chopstick, you take a small bite, and you put it in your mouth. That feeling, it's not just about the flavor, it's about where, it's almost like, the history of this this marvelous piece, you know, and now it, you are putting it in your mouth. You're consuming it and you're experiencing that flavor, the taste. It's freaking beautiful, and I th- I th- I think um <laughs> I I don't know I think um. I love it, and I know, or I think Michael loves that, and uh, it's that kind of like uh, beautifulness that um, I had today. So we're going way too long. So what was I going to do? I was going to talk about today. So I did the juicing. I met up with uh, Michael um, Butler at lunch at Uraku. Uh, what do we talk about? <laughs> uh, I don't know what we talked. We just talked about um, we're doing this dog days of podcasting. So we talked. So I just said it's pre- pretty friggin' stressful. Uh, last night I had like uh, fifteen minutes left until midnight, and I was trying to put up a show. And but but it's a good exercise and. For him, it's, I think for him, it comes easy where he's able to just talk his mind and he'll just put an episode up and it's okay for him because he's like, he's freaking professional level, like bro, it doesn't matter what he puts up, everything sounds good. And that's my opinion. Uh, we t- he was like, you know, we're just talking to me. He's like, well, I went to Japan when I was with Exodus and, uh, he talked about how the Exodus members like Gary Holt and, you know, how, 
they didn't really enjoy like the Japanese uh, flavor where their uh, promoters were taking them or, you know, uh, Michael and I think, was it the cameraman? Or the audio guy was sold in a Japanese food. So, I mean, I stories like that about his, about when he was touring, he's talking about when he went to China, when he went to Vietnam with his family, and it was like, well, you know, they're, uh, they saw some Falkawa. Falkawa is basically uh, geese, like geese, uh, goose liver, right? And he was just like, yeah, they were just stuffing them, forcing them to eat because they charge you by the pound, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we did a little bit of the Fagwa talk. Um, and then he's like, well, do you know this uh, bootleg store in Japan where they sell all the, all the most fantastic bootleg videos um, from all these old bands? I go, no. And he goes, oh, I know the owner there. And she actually is the, the person that handles... Um, Jimmy Page, right, when he's over there. And he's like, well, yeah, Jimmy Page has all these things that he likes and she takes care of him in these ways, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, there's this lady that I know, Etsko, and she is the care, or she was the caretaker for David Lee Roth when he's in Japan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, stuff like that, man. Yeah, I don't know wasabi. Let's uh, so we're talking about wasabi. It's like yeah, the wasabi over here. Actually, when you are you okay, when you are served wasabi in the United States at a just any Japanese restaurant, or if you buy wasabi in a tube, it's it's not wasabi per se. It's I don't know. It's it's basically horseradish dyed green. That's what we are eating. So I'm like, well, if you go to a, an authentic Japanese restaurant, they will serve you the dyed horseradish, right? Wasabi. But if you go, can I have the real wasabi? They will actually give you wasabi. But wasabi is very expensive. Uh, just picture like, you know what ginger looks like, right? So wasabi root looks like that too. So when you picture about like two inches of wasabi root, it's like $14. And that is why you will not get real wasabi when you go to, it, to a Japanese restaurant because it just costs too much. So we're just talking stuff like that where he's like, you know, Michael, I, he's, yeah, he's hardcore because he's like, no, I, I will buy the root and I will actually, you know, grind it and make uh, taco wasabi. Taco wasabi is basically raw octopus and wasabi, uh, which we had tonight too, or during the uh, lunch. But he will go that far, man. And and it's like I told I told him um, that you know, like you you are kind of like Japanese in a weird way, um, in a way where like he really tends to like if he's a little late he'll keep on texting like sorry I have to do this sorry I have to stop I get gas I'm going to be like five minutes late I'm like dude for me it's 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 like no don't worry dude I could wait an extra 10 minutes it's not going to bother me but the way he is very like self-conscious about him being late etc etc he's very paranoid I'm like dude you will fit in in Japan because that is how the um Japanese people or culture is over there where they're like dude I cannot I cannot 
if I'm going to be, if I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be there by noon, I will be there by noon type of attitude. Um, we talked about that a little bit. And then uh, he was talking about, uh, yeah, we're just talking about pressure cookers, the crockpot, the sous vide, just random ways of cooking, just enjoying food. Uh, and dogs. Um, he loves dogs. And I, I always knew he loved dogs. Um, but today, I think, I really understood like how, um, what dogs meant to him, I guess. Um, I could say I am a dog lover. Um, anybody can. But when you are having a conversation with the guy, when you're talking about dogs, okay, you just kind of get this thing where it's like, yeah, when he's like, it's to the enthusiasm about talking about how he has all these dogs at home right now. He has other friends' dogs at home and where he enjoys just watching the pack, okay, um, interact amongst each other and just saying that, like, I love watching them. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, to me, it's, it was like, yeah, this guy really understands and loves what he understands. I, I think that's the thing. He not only, can, I could say that I understand this, but like to understand and to, uh, I don't know, it was, it was just, there is a difference between saying I love dogs and saying, yeah, just watching the back, the natural okay, back. And and enjoying it and just being there and taking care of the back of dogs. It's like, yeah. cheers to you, man. It's like, you are, I, I know you love dogs, man, because, yeah, you were there. So that was the kind of date I had. Um, And then when we were leaving, we're, we're freaking there for about freaking three hours and I, I felt so bad because we were there and it was super crowded. There's only uh Sakai san, he's Yuraku, right? There's only one guy making everything and uh, and uh, we ended up being there for three hours um eating our food and uh, but I had a fantastic time. And uh we left um Michael gave me the, uh, he went fishing about two weeks ago and he caught three king salmons. King salmon is a Chinook. Uh, you could always tell if it's a king or silver because the king has black mouth or black gums and you see these little spots on the tail. And uh, he saved me a slice of um, a nice filet and then also the, um, the collar part called a kama. And the collar part is usually, I don't know if they really use it over here in the U.S., but in Japan, you, you, the kama is, like, is golden, right? The Japanese like a lot of the parts of the meat in, in various animals that the Western world is really, they don't really appreciate or they'll throw away, like the liver, the kidney, um, even the intestines. 
so um, Michael gave me um, a part of the uh, filet, which I will, I will, I'm going to defrost and I will enjoy the sashimi raw style. Come, uh, I'm going to look up a old recipe um, and uh, I will enjoy it. It's probably, it's going to be steamed a little bit, but I got to add some flavoring. And he went home and I went home. I got home and my designated driver that I left at home all day. So I got, let's see, I left at 11. We started eating around noon. Left uh, Yuraku around 3.15. I got home at 4 p.m. Uh, checked up my email, did some work, uh, drank a little bit more brewskis. I uh, drove back to the same area and had, uh, since my designated driver, or I owed my designated driver, nice dinner. Uh, nice meaning uh, yakitori, yakitori, man. It's like, you get the best stuff. So um, so we went to Ginji. Ginji is a place that um, I like going there because they have a lot of sake. And uh, they're very nice to us. We sit at the counter. I like sitting at the counter. I don't like sitting at tables. Um, and today they had, uh, so, so at this point I was pretty freaking buzzed. So at Yuraku had, uh, two pictures, which, um, we shared Michael Butler and I, and we probably had like two other beers, um, because we ran out and, uh, got home, drank about, uh, let me see. It's Coors Light, by the way, what I'm drinking at home. But four cores light, uh, drove back to Santa, uh, San Mateo um, area, went to Ginji. Uh, I ordered, uh, I had enough of beer because I was full, so I ordered some shoju. We ordered, uh, they had braised beef tongue. Oh my goodness, man. This braised beef tongue, I don't know how many hours they cooked it, but I, I think I'm going to try to make beef tongue in the uh, pressure cooker. Wow, I didn't think that beef tongue would feel this way. So it was in up. It was uh, served with potato yam um, noodles. So basically, just think like thin noodles with braised beef tongue and it was soy sauce based. Um, obviously, meeting there was some sake in there. We put some shimi. Shimi is a spice. Okay, but the reason why they call it shimi in Japanese is shi is seven. So it's seven different types of uh, pepper okay, in in one um, container. So it's shimi. Man, I did not know that you could, uh, or you can make beef tongue, right, taste like that or have that like, wow, it just kind of melted. And they were saying that the, the, there, are, there are certain portions of the beef tongue that you need to use. I'm like, okay, so what portion of it? He said, it's the outer layer. It's the outer side layer of the beef tongue you want to use. You want to cut to make this braised beef tongue to make it this way. Let's put it that way. So I had that. After that, um, so I had, uh, so I wasn't drinking beer anymore. I was having shoju. I was having a Ichiko. Ichiko is like a, it, 
You could find Ichigo, um, if you are in Japan, you could find Ichigo everywhere. Uh, so I was drinking that. I was like, well, let's, do you have anything fresh from Japan? He's like, well, we have uh, this uh, wild god Kampachi from Japan. And obviously everything from Japan is frozen, right? And then they're shipped over here. So I'm like, all right, let me just get a sashimi of Kampachi, right? So I ordered, uh, I ordered uh, Shichida Sake. Shichida Sake is like, it's one of those like medium grade ones where it's not too expensive. It's me, it's in the medium grade. So here, if you order a cup of, uh, let's see, the the expensive ones, you're going to get charged like $18 for a little cup. Yeah, and it's small. So Shichida is, I mean, it's, it's very flavorful, but it's like, uh, Eleven dollars. Okay, so I ordered. I ordered that, um, and then I got the uh, wild caught kombucha. Wow, it, it it was freaking fresh. Okay. And then while we were eating that, um, we ordered yakitori. We go there for yakitori to begin with. They use uh, when they grill the yakitori, they use the chobintan. Chobintan is it's not just a regular, uh, what do you call it? Um, regular, uh, I'm forgetting the terminology here because I'm drinking too much, but it's basically wood that has been charred. And usually they would use this to, um, you could stick it in water and uh, you can, uh, it basically cleanses the water. It's like a filtration style. Okay. So, um, so it's these little chunks of wood, special wood. Okay. And that is what they will use to cook yakitori. Yakitori, it's basically chicken or whatever meat on skewers. And uh, what I love eating when we're eating yakitori, it's, it's, it's basically parts of chicken, right? Yakitori on a skewer. Uh, liver, fantastic. Neck, Fantastic. Harami is a diaphragm. Fantastic. Bontan is the tail. So you get one tail per bird, right? It's a little tail that looks like a heart, right? Friggin' fantastic. Gizzard, marvelous, and heart. Yeah. Chicken heart. So God, so that's, that was my dinner. Um, so, a long, uh, a long day of eating, a long day of uh, good conversations, a long day of drinking. Oh, no. I've, I probably sound like a friggin' mess right now, but, uh, yeah. That's it for, uh, I don't even know how long I've been talking today. But again, this is not the Metal Moment podcast or the Japanese Metalhead show. Man, I am alienating my Japanese listeners because I'm not speaking Japanese, but I will do it soon. Dog days of podcasting today was uh, day 19. If you'd like to leave, or if you'd like to send an email to metalmoment.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, metalmoment.com will have all the links. Everything is Metal Moment. 
If you'd like to leave a voice message and let your sexy voice be heard, just like Kyoko yesterday that left uh, me a message requesting a tune, it's uh, 707 That's 707-786-3825. Yeah. Uh, just keeping it loose, uh, doggy style, I guess. Dog days of podcasting. So, uh, thank you for tuning in on this Saturday night. And, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Arigato, kite kureta. Hosto inoara chiyaki. Mata ashita, yare mashou. Dea ipai, kanpai. Chin chin.